Good morning, and thank you for joining me here for episode eight of Civil Tension. Uh, we are podcasting today, recording Civil Tension Conversations with Contentious Intent. We are civil, not polite. We are civil, not politically correct. The conversation you're about to listen to may contain language and subject matter which some may consider offensive. Can everybody here at the table tell me what happens when you get offended? Absolutely nothing. Nothing, nope, nothing at all. You're going to be just fine and dandy. I'm your host, Peter Galt, and I'm here with co just one co-host this morning. Uh, we, we have excused another because he's got some business to attend to. But, co-host, could you introduce yourself? John Glancy. John, thank you very much for being with me today. And we do have a nice handful of committed conversationalists with us here today. Uh, could we start to my left? Uh, Bill Hasey. Ken Nicholson. Dan Swiak. Ken Cass. Denise Nutzel. Jerry. Jerry, thank you very much for being with us. And Ken and everybody else, really love having you here. Today we are actually going to talk about item one or section one of the 14th Amendment. And I'll read it here. It's a quick paragraph, but just so everybody's familiar with this particular section. There are five sections to the 14th Amendment. We're focusing on section one today. So anybody listening in later, you can say, hey, you left out all the other four sections. Again, we're just talking on section one today, which is all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. Uh, John, you and I talked a little bit about this the other day in preparation. Um, why don't you share a couple of thoughts? I know you had a few that were pretty pressing there for you. Well, you know, I wish that we had the microphone a few days ago because my thoughts were a bit <laughs> clearer than they happen to be now, but we'll do the best that we can. Amazing to me that how much of society's ills and sense of uh, injustice would be cured if we just simply actually had an equal application of the law to all the citizenry, including those who make the laws. I think there's something very strong to be said within this section of this amendment that those who make the laws ought to actually be governed by the laws that they make. It's a crazy idea, but we also need to remember the notion that the Founding Fathers, when they wrote this, that they were just coming out from under tyranny. They're just coming out from a monarchy when you will do as I say, but not as I do, and you won't have the opportunity to live as I live because you are the great unwashed or undeserving of such things. Well, how fascinating it is that some 200 some odd years later that we have in fact just that, where you have the oligarchy and the ruling class at every level of government, whether it be perhaps county, state, certainly federal, and we will do as we wish to do, and we will make laws and rules for you, but we will not participate. We will not be compelled to be a part of Social Security. We will not compel ourselves to be a part of Obamacare and nationalized health care. We will not fill in the blank. And we you're, talk you're taking away the incentive to become a politician. Well, well, think of it this way. <laughs> what a concept. Politicians will be the death of our republic. So think of it this way, that if we actually looked at this and actually applied it, we would have a flat tax. Because 
Well, I, I believe paying taxes is law. Uh, last time I checked, at least I would get in trouble. Try not I, paying them. Sure, uh, there it is, right? And so, if so, under wow, a flat tax because it's equal treatment under the law. But that you see, we believe, but by, by by taking these this idea of equality and throwing it out the window in the sake of situational convenience, uh, in the base of, uh, based on political correctness, because we don't want to offend anyone. Right? We can get into the whole Nicholas Cruz thing and how political correctness led to that, right? And how it was an unequal treatment of the law that led us to that. That was a complete disaster. It was a t complete disaster. Complete disaster because, because what happened? There wasn't an equal treatment under the law. And so well, how many ills would be solved if we just simply did what our founding fathers prescribed, which so many on the left will say, they're a bunch of old dead white guys. Well, those old dead white guys were very intelligent. They were not deities worthy of worship, but they were worthy of our admiration, and perhaps reading their words would be a good idea. This well, is such an example. If, if, if it's black and white, but it's not. Laws are based on interpretations. Interpretations change uh, based on generations, uh, even on technology, even on information. But if the law, but if the, but if the interpretation of law goes starkly in contrast to the original intent of its design, then I believe Little Toot has left the rails, and you really need to redress and regroup to the original intent, i.e., equal treatment under the law. Well, was it well, the late Justice Scalia? I'm sorry, Denise. Oh, go ahead. Um, no, go ahead. Well, the late just you know Supreme Court Justice Scalia, who said of the Constitution, it is a legal document. It says what it says, and it does not say what it does not say. Right. And it was written, I believe, in very plain language, you know, especially to begin with. But it's it, it, getting back to, you know, the, the Florida shooting that we just had. If, if this just the last sentence of the first section of the 14th Amendment had been properly applied, just think of how many of those lives would have been saved. So in, in would you mind. repeat that sentence for me? Yeah, sure. That that last sentence of that is, uh, well, it's not even the last sentence. It's actually after uh, the, sem the semicolon before. Uh, but the last portion of the last sentence is, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. Equal protection. Equal protection of the laws. How does how does that apply to the Parkland shooting? Forgive me, but I, I I'm not with you spontaneously here. From what I understand and what I have seen, and and John jump in on this if you, if you'd like, we had a, a a huge failing on equal protection under the law of all the people that were suffering at the hands of the shooter, wherein people did not go in immediately to address and confront the shooter to you know. El eliminate the situation from what I understand and it was turned with the, the issue was Nicholas Cruz was allowed to occur because because there was incentive from the federal government to the states in the form of grant money and payola to reduce the number of arrests of certain demographics including age and race and all the rest of it and by doing so they turned a lot of these individuals in these cases from police actions to administrative actions 
therefore the records are not recorded the same and Mr. Cruz was able to obtain a gun. If all the offenses that were actually on his administrative record had been on a police record, he never would have gotten a gun. Bang. End of the story. And that's without dispute. And that incentivization came from the feds under Obama's administration to the states, to the local school districts. And that sent that that pursuit of political correctness that unequal treatment as opposed to do the crime do the time I don't care how old you are I don't care what your race is I don't care uh, where you go to school I don't care anything about anything you do the crime you do the time equal treatment of law equal application of law because you are a citizen of these United States if that would have happened in the case of Nicholas Cruz he would have had a police record sufficient to keep him from getting a gun and this thing would not have happened. But didn't the FBI investigate him, and they were investigating the whole time, and then he ends up shooting? I had read that or heard that on the radio. Why didn't they step in? There was so much against him. Well, they but already they did admitted nothing. that they made a mistake. Yeah. They they had information that they did not follow through. I don't. On. I don't know that that was politically correctness motivated. I. I, I but was it, was, it what it kind was, of an it, error was it? it was, was it administrative it, or was I, it policy? I don't know. All I know is that the evidence that had come in or the information that had come in was so damning towards this person, they should have stepped in. What happened and why it happened, I don't know. But let's back, but, but let's back up okay. a little bit. That if, if Let's say that the FBI drops the ball, which they did. Mm -hmm. Okay, They had reason. Yeah, they had, to go in and yes, I mean, exactly. I mean, he was visited 39 times. Right. Okay. But the problem is, is that he had an administrative record within the school system, and not a police record within the police. Uh, he wasn't the in the system he, at he, all. He, he he didn't have sufficient or the proper offenses to prohibit him from getting the tools to do the damage. And so what we have done now, okay. So what's the mm -hmm. what's the yes. what's the outcome of this thing mm -hmm. not being equally applied and properly sure. applied right. is that now we're going to restrict gun ownership. We're mm -hmm. going to attack your Second Amendment rights for legal, lawful gun ownership. And we're going to do that because it's more convenient, it's easier than to address the matter of the thing that should have been done. Mm -hmm. Because the thing that should have been done flies in the face of the politically left narrative that says, sure. well, you can't address this. We have to reduce the rates of, of arrest records of this demographic and this age bracket. This is something as a goal. No, it's not, it should no, never be a no. goal to reduce. You should reduce that, you should reduce that because of a better schools, better uh, perhaps uh, better parenting resources, community resources, whatever it is you want to hang on it, but that's a long-term hard lifting thing as opposed to just simply, uh, we'll just simply dumb down the rules and we'll change the rules to make the numbers look better. That's, that's garbage and this yeah. is exactly what we got. It's, I think everybody at this table will agree that politicians are not the most clearly motivated problem solvers in the world. Politicians tend to be thinking a lot more about their career, what kind of a splash they can make, than actually solving the problem. Uh, for instance, a, a, a rather high quality airport level uh, walk through metal detector is about six, seven thousand dollars It takes about 45 minutes to install, bada bing, bada boom. $20,000, you have a typical school totally protected against most of these events. Even down to the knife level, doesn't have to be firearms. There are some kind of obvious things that we should be doing 
that are simply not being brought up because we have been trained somehow to to look away from the problem because it's it's not politically correct to define who is our enemy and who is not. You know, Ken, but Ken just said something really important, that politicians are not the most motivated problem solvers. Is that your phrase? Well, they did, forgot yes. that they're servants. Did you have the audacity to say that, Ken? I did. <laughs> with, with me sitting at the table? I, mean, I, I am the greatest defender of the political class. But, 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 but why are they not terribly motivated? Because they don't have to live under the laws they pass, by and large. Right. They don't, they they're don't. not subject to Obamacare. They're mm -hmm. not subject to Social Security. They're not a subject to, but they pass these things. And then, so what, so what happens now? Now you have people say, I want to get into Congress, not because I want to be, as Bill said, what, a servant? A servant leader? I don't want to do that. I want to get into that thing because once I get into that thing, man, I'm in the club, and I get the pension, and I get the care, and I get the stuff that all the rest of these people can't get that the Congress passed, the President signed off on. Well, these folks are still reactive instead of proactive. I, I, let's, you're talking about putting, you know, metal detectors at the entrance of every school door, and it's like, I'm thinking about it. My kids are going to school and they're walking through that, and I'm going, what happened between the days when I was going to school, and and running around the neighborhood and going out and pick pick up a game of kickball or baseball or whatever, to now the only way you can do it is is set up play dates, and and have kids clubs and in, in, in every different sport and fill up their world with all these things and and protection 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 and now you're gonna you know put these these metal detectors up in schools it's like you're coming to a whole different world whole different type of society that I'm not sure, I don't want my kids growing up in that I don't but, want my kids getting shot either but that is the reality <laughs> of our society right now right. You, you don't like it and I appreciate that because I don't like it either and would I be thrilled about sending my kids to a school with metal detectors well way back in the 80s when I grew up in Independence Missouri there was a school near uh, another high school that actually did install metal detectors because they had a little bit of pro problem with um, no guns, but knives and stabbing, and a little bit of uh, a little closer to in toward the Kansas City area, and a little bit of gang activity started creeping in. That that school was uh, quick to throw up metal detectors, and boy, if you didn't think that every single other school around there, high school, heard about it in a heartbeat, and we did a lot of policing of our own kids, and I, I frankly was not the best person to know when I was a teen. I certainly had my, <laughs> I, 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 had, I had to learn, I had to learn kindness, I had to learn grace, I had to learn humility the very hard way. And you did well last year, yes. you got it all done. I did, yeah. and finally right. last right. year when I turned 50, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it, it finally takes a little longer so, than normal. perpetuate, so you, yeah. you put up metal detectors, and what happens? People challenge it. Well, would, so, you would you rather have metal detectors or would you rather have uh, teachers carrying guns? Well, that's that's a mistake, too. You're asking yeah. teachers to do far too much now. I mean, that's... I separate mean, topic. You know, totally, yeah. <laughs> maybe separate topic, but it, but related. But, yeah, I mean, my, it's it's totally it's total, totally related. And I think the, um, um, that the, that the point here is that we are not policing the children at home. We are not giving them the basis at home. We don't have that 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 uh, um, um, home 
dynamic anymore, that family dynamic anymore. And, and that family dynamic is what we were brought up with, at least I was brought up with it. Uh, and um, the, some of those things that, that are, are uh, no, longer, no longer here because of latchkey kids and everything else are, are going to give us the problems we had like we had in Florida and we've had in other schools, et cetera. Ken, that uh, sparked... Uh, it sparked something. You know, we, we teach these kids by giving them video games on how to become expert shooters mm. and expert combat individuals. And we plant it in their mind, the challenge, when they go to bed at night after playing those games, they're envisioning in their mind how they're going to beat the other guy by shooting him. Then the other issue is the publicity that's given a case like this is going to create more copycats. It should be squelched, such as when we had airplane hijackings years ago, when they publicized one, you had a complete string. A, 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 just, it ran rampant. There were hijackings. Have you heard of one in the last five years? No, but I bet you it's been, it, it happened, but they learned not to publicize it and not to glamorize it. And I think that's what's happening with this shooting, is that they're showing Oh, look how easy it is to go get a rifle. Look how easy it is to go get a handgun. And look how easy it is if you're clever. Metal detectors are not going to stop somebody who wants to get in. When it came time to the concert, all he had to do was go up to a hotel. Are you going to put a metal detector in every hotel room? So the answer is to cut back on the publicity. And it may have something to do with the guidance that the press has given. Guidance? Press, we have rules against and guidance? guiding the press. I said the word guidance, suggestion. You'd uh, think it would be somewhat of a voluntary thing, you'd think. Well, you do have actually now guidance the for the press, which is the AP method um, that, that the Associated Press established long ago for reporting methodologies and how you actually record and report and present news. So, Ken, you were just saying something really very interesting about... You know, and I know we've kind of diverged a little bit from the topic of uh, the 14th Amendment and that first item, but it, it's, it's a natural diversion, I think, because we're actually looking at the situations where we all deserve equal protection under the laws, and laws should be made to apply to everyone and not excluding certain people who, certain, certain people who uh, hold office. Things should not be exclusionary. But, you know, because of the lack of protection and the conversations we're having and going guns, 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 this guns, that guns, everywhere a gun gun, old McDonald had a gun, you know, whatever you want to sing it. Um, but um, do you mind uh, rehashing what we just talked about? A, a no, that ago? would be fine. I, uh, I, I'm concerned about the publicity and how it affects... Uh, our, our society, for example, if you keep seeing signs that say no smoking here, no smoking there, why do I have to see the word smoke? Why do I have to see a picture of a cigarette on a door? And the same thing with guns. I would never have thought about guns. I don't think about guns. I live in an area where guns are not displayed every day. But every restaurant I go into, every bank, every business, every school, hospital, there's always a sign advertising a picture of a gun. I see the picture of a gun everywhere I go. So now it's in my mind. Now the same thing with these people that hear the news, watch the news, and hear the stories about these, these uh, 
uh, mass shootings, why does it have to be publicized? So I, in fact, just recently did take the course to be able to, to have a concealed carry, and I wanted to do it before they changed the laws. I wanted to make sure that I, that I, I came in under the radar to where I already have my FOIA card, I already have my concealed carry, and I just went out and bought a new handgun because I want to have it in case things get a little worse. I think the way to stop it from happening is when somebody does commit that crime, I'll be ready to react. Well, and you are then here in, in the state of Illinois, a, what is considered a legal gun owner, as am I, as am uh, you know, as am, as are some of the people here at this table as well. I don't think a lot of people who may be listening in understand how strict gun laws are here in our state. I grew up in a different state in Missouri. It was a quite different story there. Here in Illinois, if you even want to go into a gun shop and look at a gun and pick it up and examine it, nine times out of ten, depending on what gun shop you go into, not only uh, will those guns have a trigger lock on them and uh, be disconnected, certainly there will be no ammunition in them, but they will also be tethered, but you have to show a FOID card. Here in Illinois, a firearm owner's ID card you actually have to apply for, pay a fee, complete a questionnaire, they do a background check on you before saying, you know what, it's okay, we've decided that you can exercise your right under the Second Amendment to own a firearm here in the state of Illinois. That just gets you to the point where you can go in and actually touch a gun in a store and then buy it. When you decide, like you, you picked up your, your, your new firearm, they're gonna do that background check again. Not only you're going to get, okay, I've selected the firearm I want. If it's a handgun, you, you of course, have the three-day waiting rule. You make your purchase, you pay, and they're going to do another background check after you've completed another questionnaire because you do have your FOID card that says you've already been through this process, but you have to go through it again in the state of Illinois anytime you buy a firearm or if you're buying multiple firearms at one point in time. You're going to go through a background check again. Then, if you want the privilege granted to you by the state of Illinois to carry the firearm you've purchased, and they've already said, we agree that you're okay to own this, all bearing in mind we do have the Second Amendment, and we do have the right to bear arms under the Second Amendment, but here in Illinois they've said, you know what, you actually have to go through a training course, which I believe, what, is a minimum 16 hours, 16-hour training course. You then have to go through an application process and pay another fee to earn and be granted a concealed carry license to then carry the firearm. What am I missing here? Well, for those of us that are law-abiding citizens, that's wonderful. But we are not the ones that are committing these crimes. So anybody that does want to buy a gun or an assault rifle can do it. You can find it. You can find a way. You can drive down the street in a bad neighborhood and you can ask who's got one for sale. You'll find one. So it's not about those of us that obey the law and those of us that respect the law. And it's not even about the laws. It's about the people that are, are set in their mind that they want to commit these crimes. And the other day, we may have all seen on the news where there was a, a, a robber that walked into a liquor store and the owner and I guess it was the mother and the daughter, they pulled out their sidearms and they shot him. Well, he's not gonna do it again. So if we wanna know how to stop it, it's unfortunately going back to the vigilante days, but if you really wanna know how to stop it, for example, in my neighborhood, 
there's been some auto thefts recently. Well, if one of the homeowners happened to be sitting there when it happened and put a stop to it, it wouldn't happen anymore, would it? So I think that's where we're going. We need to put a stop to it. And I'm not saying to arm the teachers, and I'm not saying, unless they want to be armed. But if they want to be armed, they should be allowed to be armed and registered. Uh, it's like when I fly on a plane, which I do quite often, I wonder sometimes, when was the last time you heard the word sky marshal? They're still on the planes, oh, you don't yes. hear, you don't hear but you anymore. don't hear about it being publicized at all, but they're on the planes. If, you, if they publicized it, then it would get to the point where they'd have to identify themselves, they'd have to have an ID, and then somebody on that plane, plane simply would not uh, commit the crime because they would know there's a sky marshal there. So I think that, again, it goes back to a lot of what we're publicizing and reading and hearing. But I have no problem legally buying a gun, and I have no problem with a concealed carry. But one of the reasons that it prompted me to do it was because of all the publicity surrounding firearms. The romantization. Yes. The right word? The romantization. Yeah. Yeah, nice. It's, they're selling it to us. But, you know, Obama was the greatest thing that ever happened to gun sales. Well, when, the, the jump was incredible. When my wife, who never wanted to hear anything about guns, said to me, I'll go with you to help you select the right gun, and then she realized she saw how many women were in there buying firearms and buying ammunition, she said, oh, maybe I would like to try. Take me shooting one day. So bringing this back to equal treatment under the law and that the politician will say you can't own a gun and the fear of the laws changing is what prompts people like Ken and myself to purchase and get engaged in this particular right. Still, I don't carry because I'm not comfortable with it. The point being is this, though, is that those same politicians that will deny you the right to protect yourself will then proceed to have what? Bodyguards? security and guns on them, on and guns on them getting back to the matter and i think ken brings up a great point think about it this way that within every population you have those that have no inclination to do something that is illegal and then you have those hardcore criminals that are just basically hell-bent for election and they're going to do whatever it is they're going to do then you have those that are somewhere in the gradient in the middle. If those that are in the gradient on the fence, they can be dissuaded with security, concealed carry, teachers who want to conceal carry and have the requisite courses to engage in that activity. Those folks that are on the fence saying, you know, I want to be a professional school shooter. But wait a minute, this is the price I have to pay to do it. And there's a chance that I'm actually really going to find myself in a whole load of junk, that's going to dissuade those people on the fence and perhaps bump steer them in the right direction in their lives and say, you know, maybe this idea of being a criminal or being a, a dare-you-well is not really worth it. Maybe I should think about doing something different with my life. But, John, if you're taking a hell-bent person... That's not going to dissuade that person. Well, what I'm saying is, is that you're absolutely right, Bill. So what I'm saying is, is that if we could reduce the population that we're dealing with in terms of your deviance, 
and reduce it back to where you're really just dealing with the people who are hell-bent, that is a very different scenario than what we're dealing with now, which I think are people that are very marginal. If you can reduce the numbers, it's easier to control. I I, I, right. un I understand that, but you know, um, you know, human nature is to always challenge everything, right? Mm -hmm. We challenge, we test from from the day we're born, and that's why our response has to be firm. It has to be clear. It has to be consistent under the law. So there is no doubt about where is we stand on this as a society. What does weakness breed? It breeds more challenge, and we don't know where we stand because look at the reaction. Look at the reaction that's happened, and that happens each and every time. Uh, the, the Smith & Wesson stock goes down. Uh, everybody slams NRA. Uh, you know, you've got the airlines, uh, Dick Sporting Goods, Walmart. We're not going to sell to people under 21 years old anymore. Well, you, you guys don't write the laws. So, you, you know, discrimination right there. It, you know, the reaction is, is, is we're, not getting, we're not getting anywhere moving forward. We're not accomplishing anything uh, by saying we're no longer going to give the NRA members a discount. Really, those are the law-abiding citizens. Think about think about gun laws, and if gun laws were actually effective, can you own a gun legally in the city of Chicago? No, you can't. I last time I checked, there's quite a bit of gun crime, handgun crime in the city of Chicago. <laughs> bang bang, bang bang. I mean, no pun intended, but boom, there it is. Can you wanted to weigh in a second? I wanted to weigh in on something. You know, they haven't brought this up about the uh, the Parkland shooter. But I think that in his mind, he might have read something about the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, and perhaps he wanted to become the new St. Valentine's Day Massacre because he picked that day to commit his crime. Mm. Is there some in the back of his crazy mind that perhaps he was hoping that they would now refer to him in the future because it's a new generation? But there again, you might be giving him too much again, credit. There again, we've, we've already established that... Uh, the FBI has uh, had missed the ball on this or missed the, missed the mark on this, uh, uh, dropped the ball on or whatever you want to call it. But the point is that you're, we're, we're getting away from our original discussion in terms of the 14th Amendment of being equal protection under the law. Well, if the law is supposed to protect me, isn't it supposed to protect you? If it's supposed to protect you, isn't it supposed to protect me? But are our legislators doing that? I don't see them doing that. They they will say anything to get elected these days uh, to whatever group they're talking to. Well, they're being very selective about that. And I'm sorry, I interrupted you, well, Dan. I, but I, go I ahead, and finish gonna, your thought. I, I was trying to finish my my thought here in that in that uh, again I mentioned earlier to someone at the table. Uh, um, that the uh, there was an article that John Nance wrote in last Sunday's Tribune, I believe it was, uh, regarding uh, a gun rally that was held because of this Florida shooting, and uh, the one of the attendees, uh, one of the speakers, was the was the uh, sheriff uh, who was uh, whose department handled that shooting, and uh, uh, he was you know. Everybody's going gung-ho, gung-ho, gung-ho for him simply because, you know, he was saying, well, let's, you know, we shouldn't have this and we shouldn't have that. Gun laws should be this and gun laws should be that. But not one word was spoken about his officers not going in and doing their duty. Not one word was spoken about 
the officers that didn't go into the building when they were supposed to go in or should have gone in to try and find what, what was going on. No, there was, there was nothing mentioned about that until several days later. And they still don't, they still haven't come up with, as someone said, still haven't come up with a good story uh, to tell about that. Just to clear the air, and can you tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that officer outside that never went inside, that's what he's trained to do. The first guy on the scene sits outside, observes, and communicates to the people coming in behind him. Well, so stupid things don't happen at that That is point. correct that that is part of his job. The other part of his job is to stand up and get in and, and, and put, put the matter down. But the hands are tied today. Remember, those of us at this table are not allowed to spank our kids. That's right. Keep that in mind. Well, and yeah. also the fact that if, okay, so you, you used this example earlier. Uh, a, a gentleman goes into a store with the intent to rob and has a gun. The owner behind the counter pulls out a gun and, and you know, shoots him and kills him. And now that owner is going to have issues. Well, right. he's going to get Absolutely. sued by the family of the deceased. He's going to get sued. Robert, he's going to have some legal issues because the legal profession in the U.S., right, we're the most litigious country in the world well, by a absolutely. long shot. Mm -hmm. um, Put that know. down as a subject for future conversation. Tort <laughs> 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 reform, please. Let's talk yes, about yes, it. Yes, let's talk about you know, that. So, <laughs> so you, but you go back to talking about equal. Yeah. You know, what's equal? All right, you both have a gun. One's purpose and intent is to do something illegal. The other is to protect their legal rights. And they have that right. And what we're talking about is the rights, and that's what the 14th is all about, the rights. And we have the right to defend and protect ourselves. The intruder does not have a right to harm us or to, to threaten us. Or even, so, you know, even to instill fear. That is correct. So therefore, if that's talking going back to the 14th. You're exactly and right. And because actually the, the portion of the sentence before the last I read says, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. Life is number one. Your state shall not deprive you of your life. If that means you have to defend your life, that is your right. Right there in the 14th Amendment. And the simple fact is that the police do not have an obligation to protect you. As an individual. As an individual. And that, for example, go to Warren versus District of Columbia back in 1981. Case held, right? The District of Columbia Court of Appeals case held that police do not owe a specific duty to provide police services to citizens based on public duty doctrine. They do not have an obligation. Therefore, if they do not have the obligation to protect me personally, then I should be allowed to, what, protect myself and my liberty and my life and my happiness, which if you lose your liberty and your life, it's hard to be happy. So I'm just thinking out loud here, but so then the politicians turn around and say, well, you can't have a gun, but at the same time, you don't have the option of our public officials, right, the police, doing. I totally understand that. But by all means, then release me to protect myself. Let's take a look at what happened with ISIS when Obama was in office. They're running rampant. They're expanding. Trump comes into office and say, look, you guys are the subject matter experts. You know how to do this. I'm an elected official. You guys meaning the military. The military. Our, mil our military. He takes and says, you guys take the gloves off. We're going to get rid of these rules of engagement. Go out and do what you need to do. And then guess what? ISIS is reduced to just about nothing. 
they had a good part of Syria and Iraq, and now they're completely and totally on the ropes and are genuinely a JV team. Thank you. What would happen if they actually allowed us here domestically? We're going to take the gloves off with regards to crime. And we're going to treat it as it should be treated, and we're going to handle it, and we're going to allow you to protect yourself. That if you are a criminal, you go into a gas station, and you pull a firearm, and someone behind that counter is in fear for their life, they're within their full legal right to shoot you, and guess what? You ought not to go in there and do that again, Mr. Criminal, because it's not in your self-best interest. Well, Denise, go ahead, chime in. My mother, uh, my parents owned a grocery <coughs> store, and there was a person that was came in, and it was just my mother that was there, and the guy came in and wanted to rob. Mm. So she says, open up the cash register, and he's holding the, uh, the gun like this in her face. Mm. So she backed away, and when she saw him grab the money, she went ballistic. She actually hit the guy and his gun fell and he goes running out. She starts running after him and she's thinking to herself, what am I gonna do if I catch him? I didn't even pick up the gun. And the cops told her, you should have shot him in the store. If you shot him out there, you would have had to bring him back in. Even Absolutely. though this is the guy that yeah. was going to rob her and possibly yep. kill her. That's and, right. You know, our laws were even stupid back then. And there is a line that if yes. you cross that threshold exactly. and, that, and they're running, there's a movie I would recommend that everyone see. It's called Felon oh, with Val, yeah. Val Kilmer's in that. And this guy, he's a construction worker down in Texas. Someone breaks into the house. He thinks the guy's got a gun. The guy's running out of the house. He's in the yard. The guy says, stop, hits him with a baseball bat, kills him. That guy's going to jail because right. he crossed the threshold. Right. The guy was in retreat. I'm not saying that you should be able to hunt him down right. out into the parking lot or two or three blocks later and knock him down you know, with a 45 ACP. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that. But if that person is in your domicile on your side of the threshold and you're in fear for your life, you have the right to protect yourself because the law says the police don't have the obligation to help you. Well, the well you better thing. make sure you're doing right because there's a guy down in South Africa named Pistorius that, you know, thought that. Right. 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 And there's a risk in it. You're absolutely right. And then my mother had to go to court. And prior to that, the guy that was doing this changed his M.O. He had the gun back this way. He was no longer in your face. When well, he got training. Went, when she yeah. went on the to job, court, on the job they caught him. Yeah. And when, yes. and when uh, she went to court, the judge looked at her and said, you were the one that knocked the gun out of his hand? And she goes, yeah, and I was stupid to chase after him. And he goes, it's a good thing you didn't shoot him outside. She goes, I didn't have a gun. I didn't pick up the gun. And I'm thinking to myself, what difference does it make? He was an idiot. He was the one trying to rob. But the law is completely different. Well, you're running the trouble, too, picking up the gun. That's not your gun. Yes, exactly. Right. Exactly. Well, she had a she had a FOIA card in the state of Illinois. The mom did. <laughs> so yeah. she had a right to hold that gun. <laughs> Yeah. Well, as long as he didn't get over across the border, yeah, yeah. Right. Still yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it is. It's absolutely to me. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that the laws are that way. If I have the right to bear arms, it's number two, Second Amendment, number two, immediately right behind number one, the First Amendment, which allows us to sit here and have conversations like this. Mm -hmm. Anyone across the U.S. can do that. And but this I, is not contentious enough. It's not we contentious need to enough. Argue we need about something. We need to. I know we're all in agreement here. And, that's our and, problem. I mean, it is a contentious topic. Okay. It's a contentious. It's contentious subject matter. But I, I would love actually to have 
some people join us who are in in more favor of things that we generally ascribe to but, you know, the but, but left. But, but, but we need a vigilante. But let's pick up on what Bill said, and that, that the fellow down in South Africa and his fiance or wife or girlfriend, whatever, should boom, killed or dead. You know, the reason why it is people shouldn't own guns personally is because individuals personally in their day-to-day -day lives make really bad decisions. You know, I'm just kind of having an epiphany here. I really think that there should be a restriction on gun ownership. No, really, let's go ahead and talk about this. Because, okay, let's go ahead and talk because, about it. Because, because we talk all the time about how it is, you're within your liberty to do this and do that. You know, let's pound sand on that. I think that the individual is constantly making bad decisions in their liberty, and therefore their liberties need to be restricted by a government that knows better, that's in the catbird seat, that has the statistics, the education, and the and the rings and the sheepskins behind training. their name so in other words, to you would protect you. Training. You would prefer protect, to you protect you from for, yourself. So in other words, you were, you were, based on your, epifi your epi uh, epiphany. epiphany here. Epiphany. Boy, epiphany. I cannot. Right. I have this problem every now and then. I just cannot articulate. Too much coffee. It's a little too bit more than coffee. every now and then, Peter. But that's another story. True, subject. true, true. But with you, with regard to your epiphany here, uh, it sounds a lot like you would much prefer then a society of socialism, communism, or should I say perhaps monarchy, wherein you are no longer a citizen. You're a subject. You, so, you're, so you're telling me that because you do not feel that anyone here in the United States, as far as the individual, is capable of making regularly good decisions throughout their daily lives, we should be subjects, not citizens. I want to back you up on something and push back ever so not gently on the matter. It's not an issue of feeling with me, Peter. I have the statistical data to prove it. It's a matter of intellect, and I think a person really needs to check themselves when it comes to the Constitution and all their so-called rights given to them by God and all this stuff. You guys need so, to check your feelings at the door. Let's look at the data okay, that shows take, that you individuals and your liberty are constantly, basically, for lack of a better phrase, cocking this thing. Let's take feeling out of it. Go right ahead. What are the statistics? What is the what is the data that you claim to have that shows that uh, and not everything is true on on the internet? Okay, that's right. Oh, I know you're going. I know you like that. Wait a minute. We got a question on the table. Hold on. Hold on. So what? What is where? What is the data? Show it to me. Well, I'm glad that I said we weren't contentious. <laughs> <laughs> what have you done, Ken? Whoa. You see what you did? There, there are, there are many people who will cite chapter and verse data where when you, uh, when you tighten up the gun restrictions, crime has gone down. Short term. Uh, okay, let's assume really. that's correct. Let's just, do, do okay. we, uh, where would we get such data and to what degree do we assign truth to it? Photoshop. So, <laughs> so, so you're telling me then, you're telling me then that all of the people who gather and compile and present data from the FBI and through our state uh, uh, crime reporting agencies are all also experts in the graphic design use of Photoshop. Yes. <laughs> any, any data can be altered or touched up. What you're leaning towards for with your statement 
sounds to me like you would like to rely more on the government to handle things. And I say I don't want the government handling anything for me. What I'm saying is is that I would really like to see the government enforce the laws equally, make sure that the criminal, criminal element is dealt with appropriately and swiftly with due process under the law without prejudice with regards to their race, their gender, their orientation, or any other demographic or any other qualifier. So they shouldn't just slap them on the wrist and put them back out on the street? No, they shouldn't. They should oh. go ahead and deal with them appropriately and swiftly. How the unkind. Next thing, the ne how unkind. The next, thing that, the next thing that they ought to do is that they need to absolutely protect the individual citizen from themselves because if you have... If you do not have a criminal element that is active and out there, aside from, again, you're very statistically consistent deviant within any population, regardless of what it is, you're deviant. If those deviants are dealt with and you're by and large pretty safe, I can do a lot less damage with a, with a knife than I can an AR-15. Can so, you really, though? Because let's take so. a look at the situation in China that happened not too long ago Absolutely. where there was a knife attack on a train wherein... Dozens of people were seriously injured can and you imagine, killed. Can you imagine what that individual would have done if that person would have walked in in a long trench coat with an AR-15 instead of a knife in his hand, pulled up with a 30-round magazine, bump stop, went ahead, bang, 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 dropped it, reload, bang, 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 bang. You wouldn't be talking about teens. You'd be talking about dozens of people either maimed or damaged, harmed, maybe killed, lives permanently altered. I tell you what, I think the feelings of our Constitution have finally come to a point where we need to re-examine and actually begin to apply our intellect, Bill. I'm just saying. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> so on that note, <laughs> <laughs> on that note, really? Are you just saying? I'm just saying. Uh, I would like to actually thank you all very much for joining me today. We're actually coming up now on about. Uh, 55 minutes of record time, and I think we've got a lot of great conversation. John, my co-host, thank you so much for, being contentious. for uh, being contentious and waxing over to the left for a few minutes today for us. I, I imagine that was a little difficult Come for back, you, John. Come sin back. Sincerely appreciated. And, and again, we want to have people who join us who are of different viewpoints, because the whole point of this is to demonstrate that we can have discussions like this and still learn from each other, even though they're contentious, and still laugh and realize we all walk outside and live together in this wonderful place we call the United States. Thank you all very much for joining me for Civil Tension Episode 8. I appreciate it. Thanks Have for your Okay, good. Thank you. John, well done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know this.